Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be here today, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay. All right. Let's see. As we were singing and so forth, uh, the Lord gave me a scripture. I want to open up with a scripture that applies directly to what we're going to be talking today. If we could, let's stand. We're going to, we're going to read the scripture, we'll pray, and then we'll sit back down, okay? Praise the Lord. Okay, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33, it says, By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice, and they received what God had promised them. Amen? This is talking about the, 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 the faith hall of fame in Hebrews 11. It says that they overthrew kingdoms. That's you and I. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that we are kings and priests unto you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just be with us today, that you'll continue to move in our hearts. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word and that your spirit agree. We ask, Father, that in Jesus' name, that you would be glorified in all that we think, all that we say, all that we do. We acknowledge you, Lord, and we just praise you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Okay. Well, I've got the fun part today, so I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Amen. Did you come to receive a word from the Lord today? Amen. Well, I, I know that we have it. Praise God. And as usual, the Lord will wake me up like at 2 in the morning and start changing my sermon the day before I preach it. So I may be doing a little bit more reading than I want to do, but I don't want to miss a point. So that's if you see me reading, that's why I'm reading. Okay? So the title of my sermon today is kind of a surprising title. It's called The Kingdom of Ignorant Kings. And it's said respectively, but it helps us to say, we just read Hebrews 11.33. They conquered kingdoms. And they administered justice. See, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to walk as kings on this earth. He wants to declare the word of God. And to see the power and the spirit of God move. Because we are kings and priests under God. Amen? Amen. So, today's sermon is going to be about the kingdom of God and the kings. It's going to be a little bit of a challenging sermon because it's going to challenge your theology. So as we go through this, if you have any questions afterwards, let's talk. I want to be, I want to be sure to, to make sure I've, I connect all these points together. But um, there's something very unique about the kingdom of God. Every single citizen in the kingdom of God is a king. Amen? That's, that's an important truth. If we understand who we are, then we love one another more. We care for one another more. We work together because we're the body of Christ. Amen? We were brought from Christ. And we were broken and shattered by sin. But what did God do? He sent his Redeemer who came and gathered us all together and brought us together and, and molded us together by the Holy Spirit and said, you are my body. He lives through us. We don't live independently. We live submittedly. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. 
So, once we understand that we are kings unto God, and we understand our origin, we will better understand who we are. Who you are is a past event. It's established. It's done. It's finished. Who you are is not a future event. It's also not a performance event. These are so important because what God says of you, you are. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So uh, there's going to be some words, some things that I'm going to say along the way. I just want to kind of clarify it so you're not wondering, what is he talking about? You know, or did I hear that right? There's going to be two main words you're going to hear probably about 100 times. One is the unseen realm, and the other is the seen realm. The spirit realm and the natural realm. In the unseen realm, that is the spirit realm. It's the first and the primary, the supreme realm. The second is, is that, excuse me, I'm going to go back to the scene. So the first is the spirit realm. The scene is the natural, visible realm. It's the material realm. The unseen is the first realm. The scene is the second realm, which is earth. In the unseen, it is a speaking system. In the seen realm, it is a visual seeing system. In the unseen realm, it is the source of everything that is manifested in the natural realm. So the spirit realm is the source realm. The seen realm is the manifestation of the source. And that is how it works. Everything works that way. So, the first thing we're going to talk about this morning is our origin and our identity. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 25 through 29. It reads, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her, with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh but he nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord Jesus does the church. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to talk this morning, we're going to, we're going to start talking about elementary faith. In Matthew chapter 5, there's five rebukes to the church for operating in what's called elementary faith, basic faith. What is basic faith? Basic faith, elementary faith is Having faith in God is the first step that you take to God, and he takes to you. So we believe God, and as a result, the greatest miracle of all happens. We get born again. But the Bible calls that elementary faith. That's faith in God. And that's where a majority of our sermons are preached. The majority of them are about believe God, believe God, believe God. But we must move forward to a faith that is from God and in God. So we have to move from a faith in God. We have to move to God's faith. Over here, we believe God. Over here, 
we believe God what God believes. Amen? So we're taking on the mind of Christ. We're taking on the word of God, and we're believing what God says. We believe what he believes. God has faith in you. Never had that thought before, right? God has faith in you that you are able to redeem creation. That is what we do. So he put faith in you and gave you the ability to conquer this world by your faith in him. Amen? So we're going to move from the elementary things to the actual faith of God, operating in the faith of God. Isn't that something? He gives me his faith. He says I can join in his faith and do what he says to do. Wow. That sounds like I'm pretty close to him, doesn't it? I am. I'm in his family. I'm part of his body. That's who I am. Amen? Okay. So we believe in greater faith for the church. It's easy for me to believe that for everybody else and everybody else for me. But how often do we really apply it to ourselves and say, I must have greater faith. I will have greater faith because God says I can. He wants me to go from a babe to being strong in the meat of the word of God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So to walk in this faith, we have to learn to walk in the faith of God. We have to learn to quit disqualifying ourselves as children of God, as kings of God. The first thing we do, we open our mouth and we say something negative. And what do we do? We disqualify ourselves because we're saying we're, 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 we're actually from the spirit realm. And we're over here saying how the spirit works. We're saying things that are negative, and then it, it's like it's dethroning us. It's taking us off the throne and saying, you said it, you get down. It takes away our authority. So we must put a stop to that. We have to, watch, we have to guard every word that comes out of our, our mouth. Because what we say is life. What we say is death. We can control everything around us. The atmosphere, everything that goes on. We can pray, receive, seek, find, knock, and it will be open to us. That's who we are. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Praise God. So, in, let's see. It, the first thing we have to do is put an end to self-judgment. Often we stop the flow of the blessings by not seeing ourselves as God sees us. We start having a self-image that is lowly, puny, weak, just, just emancipating away, just, just drifting off, just fading out. And that is not what God says about you. He says, there's no one greater in my kingdom than you. You are me living in the natural realm. That's who you are. Isn't that great? Praise the Lord. That's so good. Let's, let's look in Romans 1.20. This is kind of going back to the elementary faith that we talked about. It's going to talk about how, how, how we can see God in the, natural, uh, in the natural realm by what he created. It says in Romans 1.20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Amen? So we can look at the trees, we can look at the insects, we can look at the animals, we can look at the sky, we can look at everything. And we can see the manifest glory of God in creation. There's no one that's created that does not see God in nature. Why? Because it says so right there. So everybody is without excuse. So 
in this system that God created, he created what's called the seed system. We must learn about the seed system because that is a divine system. That's saying, I will take everything you ever need and I will put it in a seed and I will plant that seed in you. You are eternally equipped. When God made you, he made you eternally equipped. Isn't that exciting? If that's true, we have a lot to learn. We have a lot to grasp. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So he created everything, male and female. If, let me ask you this. If, if, if a person is depressed or they're, you know, they're sad or whatever, are they still a person? Are they still a human? Yes, they are. Just because they feel bad or whatever, that doesn't change who they are, does it? It doesn't. So what are they? They're still a human, right? They're a human. Your identity is a matter of DNA, not your belief system, not your feelings. If God says, you are like me, then you are like him. It's not how we feel. It's not what my belief system is today, tomorrow, the next day, whatever. He establishes it. It's a matter of DNA. It is set in the seed forever. When he said a tree, he said that in the trees, the tree, the seed is within itself. When he said sycamore tree B, he never had to say it again. Sycamore tree B, never ever was that ever repeated. Because that sycamore tree is going forever and ever and ever and ever. Isn't that powerful? So he never had to say it again. Subsequent trees were in the seed. He never said it again. These seed, the seed is the exact replica of the origin seed. If you took a zebra, and I'm going to make kind of a relate this to the animal kingdom a little bit, just because it's easier for us to feel bad about the animals and not about ourselves. But what if a zebra says, "I've never been forgiven. I've never been baptized. I was thrown in jail." Or I beat somebody up, or somebody beat me up, or I lied, or I did whatever. And you're self-condoning, I'm sorry, self-condemning. If it didn't take on the identity, if it didn't take on its identity as a zebra, is it still a zebra? In other words, if the zebra feels bad, did bad, all this other stuff, is the zebra still a zebra? It is, that's right. How, what it did, its performance, whatever, did not change who it is. It is a zebra. It has the DNA that God gave it, no matter how it sees itself. Let me ask some questions. What happens when God creates humans in his own image? What happens when the Son of God is incarnated and brings humanity to himself? What happens when the sperma word of God enters a human being and transforms them into the image of the creator of the universe. What happens when the son or daughter is depressed, is put into jail, attacked by another person, or something else? The question is, are you defined by the one who made you, or are you defined by your performance and belief system? That's what it boils down to right there. With that, we can uncover everything that we encounter. we got to go back to who we are. What did God say we are? And that's where we go. The answer is when you become a Christian, you didn't change your belief system. You didn't go from one belief system to another. 
When you became a Christian, you changed species. Before you got saved, you were of the line of Adam. You were flesh. You were soulish. But when you came to Jesus, Jesus is the originator. He's the origin. When you came to Jesus, you became of the seed of Jesus. Amen? So we are, we are, we are better than Adam, better than Adam could ever be. We have been seated with God. Amen? So we go from Adam to Christ. We shift systems. We shift species. We're of, we're of the divinity class. We're of the Jesus class. Now, if we went from, from servant to son spiritually, do we expect a difference in that? Absolutely. I go from serving to enjoying. I go from, from serving and working to commanding and seeing what I, whatever I say, that's what I see. But I came from a, a see and say. So everything is backwards. I come into the kingdom, what happens? Everything is the opposite. Why? Because you were lied to. When you were born into the system, you were lied to so that you'd be confused and couldn't figure out that everything is the opposite. So, praise the Lord. It's, we have the Spirit of God dwelling within us. So you can't disqualify yourself. Your idea is a matter of your DNA in Christ. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. The servant system went out with the law system. Now the things that he made are the identity that were assigned to them despite their performance. In the law, it was performance. In Christ, the performance is gone. What Jesus said you are, you are. That is you. Amen? Amen. So, we talked about the zebra. He made the zebra, but what if the zebra decided that he wasn't a zebra anymore? I'm not good enough to be a zebra. I don't go to church. I don't go to zebra church. All that is nonsense that's made up in your, in your, in your carnal mind. That's where that all comes from. It's a matter of DNA. You cannot change the DNA of God in you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay. So there's not one creature ever created that is elite enough to say that God is wrong about what he says about you. No one, is not even you, can tell God he's wrong. Amen? What God says is what you are and who you are. So Ephesians 5 that we just read a minute ago, it's not about marriage. It illustrates how Jesus loves the church. He likens the love that he has for his church as the love for himself. See, now we're talking in the spirit realm. The love he has for the church is the love that he has for himself. Isn't that powerful? What does he say? Love one another like you love yourself. You have to love yourself first. Amen? you got to start from the seed of God. you got to start from the love of God. So, husbands are to love their wives as Christ gave himself for her. So, the scripture, the word of God, assigns the responsibilities here. He says that, that the responsibility and the liability of all of this falls on one party. Who is it? 
He identifies the responsible party as the husband. Husbands, love your wife like Jesus who also gave his life for her. So he's putting the responsibility on the husband. He is the responsible party. The on, only one party is responsible. The other is the beneficiary. So what I want you to see here is that one is doing all the work. One is doing all the preparation. One is doing all the cleaning. One is doing all the pathfinding. One is doing every little thing. Why? Because we're in the dark. We can't see, can't do, can't know. We can only know what we're given. And when God gives it to us, we can hang on to it because it's eternally right. His ways are perfect. We can latch onto that and say, yes, I don't want to follow myself. Lord, you show me, and if you give me inch by inch, I will follow it. But wherever it leads me, it's going to lead to the glory of God. Amen? Because that's what he made us for, to reveal his glory in creation. Okay, so let's read again in verse 25 and 26. It says, Husband, love your wife, just also as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. Did he say that you have to sanctify and cleanse yourself? Is that what he said here? He said, no, that he cleansed and sanctified her. Amen? So the husband, the husband's work is to do this for her. In verse 26, it says that he might present her to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Now, religion says, I've got to make myself holy. I've got to, I've got to fix myself. I've got to clean myself up. That's not what the scripture says. See, this is going to turn everything, most everything we do, on its head. The things that we do without the word of God, the things we do without the spirit of God, that's, that's all in the flesh. It will be burned up. It will be gone. It will add up to nothing. Amen? So this helps us get balanced. It helps us to walk the way we're supposed to walk. So the scripture says that Christ does all of this by the work of the Holy Spirit. The husband brought the bride to himself. She did not come to him. She didn't know where he was. She couldn't find him, and she couldn't get ready for him. But he saw her and cleansed her, made it all work for her so that he could bring her to him. Amen? So it's not the wife's job to prepare herself for the husband. It's not the church's job to prepare theirself for Christ. He's doing the work in us. He's cleansing us. He's doing all the work. So it was the husband's job to prepare her for himself. In that preparation, what do we call that preparation? That preparation that we can't, we don't even know what's coming. We don't even know how to do it. That's called the grace of God. It's God doing in us what we don't know and can't do ourselves. Amen? So God is working in every little detail trying to bring you to his image and to his likeness. Praise the Lord. Now verse 28 says, he who loves his wife loves himself. The natural seed of man introduced in Genesis. I'm sorry, the natural seed of man was introduced in Genesis. In John 1.1 1, 1, we see that John does not believe that, that the beginning was in Genesis. He said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. So what is he doing? He's establishing the beginning. It wasn't in Adam. It was the word. When the word came forth, that was the beginning of everything. Amen? 
So, if it is true that in the beginning was the Word, then your natural origin is not your actual origin. Your origin is not natural. Your origin is spiritual. Amen? So, we get stuck in the natural. We think in the natural. We look at the natural. We do the, and we got to say, look, I am not from here. I, have, I am of the Spirit of God. That's where my origin has come from. So we have to back up to, the, to where we were created and who created us. That's who we are. That's where we need to live. And that's, that's, that's our status here upon the earth. Even while we're in these bodies. That's our stature. Amen? Okay. So your natural origin is not your actual origin. When you understand this, then you'll understand that the beginning was before the foundation of the world. Before the earth was, excuse me, before the earth was created, you were. So God's plan for man was before the earth was even created. Everything was laid out. Just like, it's like just taking diamonds and casting them into the darkness. Just laying out the future. That plan was set before the earth was even created. Isn't that awesome? If he's got all those details down, do you think he's not watching over you? Oh, yeah. He's got everything under control. Amen? That's the grace of God. That's the goodness of God working in our life. So the natural seed was introduced in Genesis, but we know that the origin of all things was the word of God in John 1.1. If it is true that the beginning was in the word, then our natural origin is a temporary origin. It's not our actual eternal origin. Amen? So even when we go to the new heaven and the new earth, where's your origin going to be? In Christ. When we leave this world and go to the next, where's our origin? It's still in Christ. When we go to the new heaven and the new earth, they're going to look at you and say, you're one of the firstborn. You're a firstborn king. Everybody I'm looking at today is a firstborn king of God. Isn't that that awesome? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's powerful. So we need to kind of go into our future, see who we are, go to our past, see who we are, and live that life today because that's who we are. It's all been stored up for us. All been stored up. The Lord says, ask and you shall receive. Seek, you'll find. Not going to be open. Sounds pretty open, doesn't it? What a, what, a, what a great thing. It's all seated for us. Amen. So, if we were in Christ before the foundation of the world, your actual origin came before you were born. Then your natural origin should be governed by your actual origin. Your natural should be governed by your actual origin. Your, your natural origin should be governed by your spirit origin. Amen. Why? Because the Spirit was first. Why? Because the Spirit originates everything. Why? Because everything is originated in the Spirit. Everything comes from God. Everything comes from Jesus, who is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, Ephesians 5.29 says that no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and, and, and cherishes it, but just as Jesus... Excuse me, just as the Lord does the church. What is showing us, okay, what is this showing us about how God sees and feels about the church? It's telling us that he never hated the church. He loves the church. It says no one hates his own body. 
So it's telling us that God does not hate the church. No matter what religion says, no matter what, you'll never add up, you can't do it, you'll never be enough, etc., etc. God never hated the church. No husband ever hated the bride. Marriage is so intimate that by loving her, the church, you, he loves himself. If he hated you, he would hate himself. Impossible. Impossible. It will never happen. It already says he's pleased with you. You're the apple of his eye. He celebrates you. He dances over you. You're his child. I think that's why he gives us the permission and the ability to have children. So that we can see the tremendous love that we have for our seed. Well, you're his seed. You were brought out of him and thrown into the natural realm, which we're going to talk about in just a second. But what a blessing. What a blessing. So he loves the church. He says, if, by loving you, he's loving himself. God is so intimately in love with you that if he hated you, he would hate himself. This is God putting things back into order. we got to look at this and say, look, this is what the scripture is telling us. He never hated the church. You know, he said, well, God can't take sin. He, can't. he came down as Jesus. He came to the heart of sin to deliver you from the sin, to take the sin away. God's not, a, not, not, not shying away from your sin. He wants to come and kill it. He wants to help you get free from it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's look at some of the things that God did. First, he made you. Second, he defined you. He created you, he redeemed you, he washed you, he cleansed you, and then he presented you to himself. Who did all that? He did it all, every bit of it. All we did was agree, yes, Lord. The minute you say, yes, Lord, he came in and made his home in you. He, he, his spirit would dwell within you now. So what did you have to do with it? Nothing but to say yes. That's it. The least thing you could do is believe. No work, no action, no, re no returns, no payback, anything else. Just believe. This is his work in you. So we got to stop saying, I'm not worthy. I can't do it. I'll never measure up. All this, all that, all the negative stuff that dethrones us from our position. Amen? Yeah, that's so good because if, we, if we'll stop disqualifying ourselves and receive our identity in God, then we can do great exploits. We can overcome kingdoms. We can rule with justice and administer justice. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So that was our identity. We know that our actual origin is in Christ, not in Adam. It's not in this earth. It's in, it's in heaven. It's, it's from the spirit realm. Now, let's see, why is Jesus called the King of Kings? In Psalms 115, 16, it says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. We're going to talk today about the gospel that Jesus preached. Was it a gospel of salvation? I know it's a trick question. <laughs> The gospel that Jesus preached was not about salvation. He preached, he, well, he didn't even preach salvation. He never preached Calvary. What he did is that Nicodemus came to him at night, and he told Nicodemus, Nicodemus said, hey, this kingdom you're talking about, wow, 
Everything you're saying, healing, health, provision, all this, I want into that kingdom. And I can tell by talking to you that that kingdom is, is real. That, that kingdom is true. Got to tell me, how do I get into this kingdom? What is it? He says, you must be born again. That's the only time he talked about being born again in all the Gospels. Isn't that amazing? But how many times have we heard salvation, 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 salvation? See, this is what we're talking about. We've got to get away from the elementary elements of faith and get to a point where we're mature in God and we start using his faith, walking in his faith, allowing him to do great exploits through us. Amen? So we've got to get back to the true gospel. What is the true gospel? Jesus says that, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. Through God, the kingdom of God has returned to earth. Amen? Woo, that's good. I love that. Um, so, if the kingdom of God is at hand, what does that mean? So what? what, what what's the big deal about the kingdom of God? Because Jesus said that you can have the kingdom of God now. Not when you die. Not when you go to heaven or go wherever it is they're going. He says you can have the kingdom now. You don't have to get saved and wait for the kingdom. The kingdom is going to not only come to you, it's going to be in you. You're going to wake up at night thinking about God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. He said he could do it. And if God speaks to you and gives you one word, that means it's finished. That means you got to walk it out. If he says, you will have a company, and you're going to do this, and you're going to bless the, the churches, you're going to do this, da, 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 then all you have to do is say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. It's you doing it in me, not me doing it. So I have to follow the word. What am I following? The word, the voice of God, the same one that wrote this Bible, the word of God. See, that's where, that's where we originate from. That's who we are. We are children of God. We've been released from the word, and the word is our source. It's everything. If you take us out of the source, we die. Ah, oh, that's what happened with Adam. He was taken out of the source. And what did he do? He died. And who died in him? All of his seed. So Jesus returns and he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. So he was the way to be born again and, and reunited to God. Amen? Amen. So Jesus said, you can become a citizen now in the kingdom of God. And it was Nicodemus, he said, well, how do I get into this kingdom? Tell me about this kingdom. And he mentioned it one time. But see, what we need to do is stop and look at what's going on and say, look, if born again is getting into the kingdom, then born again is the door to the kingdom. If you had a business, let's just say you have a dealership, cars, trucks, everything else, and you had a commercial on TV, would you bring them to the, to the dealership and say, here's the door. Look at the door. Bronze. We got, we got hinges. We got a handle right here. Would you focus on the door? You wouldn't. You would tell them about all the awesome things that are inside that dealership. All the parts, all the everything that's, that's available to you to make your life as pleasant and as good as possible through the kingdom of God. Because you're coming out of the kingdom of darkness and death. 
coming into the kingdom of light. Amen? Amen. So the, the salvation is just the door. Born again is the door. Praise the Lord. So we, want to, we need to start telling people all about the kingdom. We got to start describing all the things that God does because that's why people wanted to get, that's why they're following Jesus. Healing, health, provision, all of that was being ministered out by Jesus. Amen? Going around healing the sick, administering justice, helping someone who's hurt, broken, and Jesus comes and administers the will of the Father. And it completely does all the work, heals, makes whole, and restores that person. And they're like, yes. Somehow I knew that this was here. Somehow I knew. I didn't know how I knew, but why do I always have to be under everything? Now you're no longer under the circumstances. Now you change the circumstances. You take darkness and turn it into light. You take wrong and turn it into right. You take a lie and turn it into the truth. You're administering the justice of the kingdom. Amen? That's through your kingship because that's who you are. You have authority over everything on this planet, every little thing. He says, you have not because you ask not. Does the king get out and weed the garden? Does he get out and do all the dirty work? No, he doesn't. He speaks to it, and it gets done. Everything that we need, everything that we, do, we, that we have to have done, Jesus does it through the Holy Spirit. The, the word speaks, the Spirit does. The word speaks, the Spirit is the power that does it. They, they, they work together. They agree, it says. The Bible says that the word and the spirit agree. Amen? Praise the Lord. So that's why, that's why we, in this fallen world, we're so addicted to performance, 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 performance. Why? Because it keeps you from letting go. No, no, no. I got to do something. The Lord says, get your hands off. I'll do it. If you do it, I have to reject it. Because it wasn't from me. It was from you. I came here to do it. Because you see that need? That, that, that's proof to you that I know that you have a need. Did you think about that need? We're going to talk about thoughts in a minute. But anyway, what a blessing. What a kingdom that we're in. Amen? So people are not looking for the door. They're looking for the kingdom. We preach Jesus, and they're saying, tell me what I need. Tell me, get Tell me how to get into this kingdom because I, I want to be healed. I want health. I want provision. I want all my needs met. I want fellowship with God. Does that make sense? We lost all of those things. So people are not looking for Jesus. They're looking for what they lost in the fall. And that was their authority. That is the kingdom. That is provision. And that is their purpose. Nothing worse than being here and you can't find your purpose. Wow. But when you do, there's more than you can handle. There's more grace for you than you can. There's, you're, not, you're not living from grace to grace to grace to grace. You're walking around and you're like Santa pulling the bag. I've got reserve grace. Grace is chasing me down. Grace, I just look, I acknowledge the Lord, I, I, I yield myself to the Spirit of God. And he does the work. He opens the door. He gives the favor. He's the one. We have to lean completely on him. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So everything that was stolen, we want it back. And we want to win. We're not going to go through this world and lose and be beaten down by this world. We are above this world. We don't have to suffer. 
It says that we can walk in the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God. Amen? So we preach Jesus to the people, and the people aren't looking for Jesus. They're looking for the kingdom. Let's talk about some of the, some of the things that people, why people come to the kingdom of God. One is to not go to hell, right? Is that a pretty good benefit? <laughs> it's probably the first benefit. Yeah, so it's the thing that everybody knows. It's like if, heaven, if earth is this bad, hell is no good. I don't see a line going into hell. Well, there is a line going into hell, but nobody knows that they're going there. If they knew that, they would not be going. So that's our job, to get the gospel out there and tell them about the kingdom. Amen? So people don't want to go to hell because they, I'm sorry, people, let me back up. You get born again because of the benefits of the kingdom. Not go to hell. The benefit is you get health. Another benefit is provision. Another benefit is peace. Another benefit is joy. Another benefit is eternal life. All your needs being met. You know what those all are? Those are all promises. Promises in God. Things that he said, there's 3,000 promises. And you get to have every single one of them that you will receive. Don't work for it. You're in my family. I give it to you freely. But you must enter in. You must mature in your faith. And start using the faith of God, not just faith in God. Amen? What a powerful thing when, God, when, when, when you, the Lord tells you something, you're just like, there's no way I can believe for that. You're going to have to help me. A day or two later, it's like, I can see it. Now I see it. The minute I see it, I got it. I just got to start declaring. I got to start believing. I got to start moving. It says that they overthrew kingdoms. One of the kingdoms is the marketplace. We need to be overcoming the kingdoms of the world. Amen? That's so true. And so Jesus never preached Calvary. He only preached the kingdom. So we should be preaching the same thing that Jesus preached. Amen? Okay. So Jesus came to save us and to release God's plan for man. He came to put us back where we fell from. He came to reconcile us to God. He came to redeem us because he once owned us. The price to redeem us was death, and he paid the price. Think about this. If that's the case, there was no angel worthy to pay for your ransom. There was no creature able to go and pay for, to exchange you for them. The only being that was able to do it was God. Why? Because you came out of God, just like your son and your daughter came out of you. So Jesus came and he paid the price in full. There was nobody between us and God. We are in the family of God. Wow. Praise the Lord. Do you feel valuable? Do you feel loved? It's like, that is, that's unbelievable. That is so great because if God will do that, he'll do anything. Oh, he already said he already gave us the kingdom. You've already got it. Isn't that great? Your inheritance includes everything. Everything is yours. Amen? Praise the Lord. Even the kingdom of darkness, you get to step over it, have dominion over it, because that's who you are. Does Jesus have a problem with any of this? Not at all. 
Who's made in his image and likeness? You are. I am looking at the kings of the kingdom of God right here. Amen? Praise the Lord. That is so great. So you weren't created for heaven, nor were you designed for heaven. We all say, hey, I'm gonna, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. You know, you're going to go to heaven temporarily. And that's just a temporary spot. It's just a whole, just a place to wait for everything to pass on the earth. You weren't designed for heaven, and you weren't created for heaven. Oops. You know, we're getting down to that, that throwing our theology off. It says that you were made in Christ, that we're kings and priests unto God. Because there's going to be a time when this heaven and this earth pass away. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And who's going to be there? Everybody that's born again right here. Amen? But when you go over there, they're going to look at you and say, I see you got it in the kingdom. But see, anything that you do on the earth is in your dress. It's in your clothes. They're going to look and they're going to say, yeah, you. you thousands were saved through you. You, you did great exploits. It's all in your crown. It's all in your robe. It's all in, your, in what you're wearing. Isn't that something? So faith, the, the, it says faith without works is dead. The works of faith are for the now. It's for the victory now. To, to identify the thing, do now. Anything that we do that is a work, it is, it is being stored up for us. The Bible says you can't give a glass of water to someone who's thirsty and not be rewarded for it. Wow. What a, what, a great, what a great gospel this is. What a great kingdom. If I hold the chair and move it open and let you sit down, I get rewarded for that. Why? Because this is a good work. This is a work of righteousness, of kindness, of goodness. I'm not stealing, taking, lying, or anything like that. I'm doing good works. The Bible says that we were created to do good works. Now, not in the future, now. Amen? That's why you have faith, because faith is now. Praise the Lord. So what a great, what a great setup. Pretty good job, right? <laughs> He's, the Lord is good, and we have a great gospel. So the word, let me, let me back up here. Okay. If God wanted you in heaven, he would have killed you and taken you, right? Why leave you behind? Why let you make a mess? Why let you have any more sin to add up, right? But he didn't. He, he left you here so that you could learn to rule. This is like training class. This is a training ground for us. So Jesus prayed that you would stay. We pray that we go. What does he say? No, I pray that they stay. But I pray that you keep them from sin in the world. But what did he do? He said, but when you pray, pray this. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you thought you could reach into heaven and pull it down into your daily life, would that excite you? Would you do it? All right, let's do it. That's great. That's the way our everyday life needs to be. That pure, that good, because it never dies, it never diminishes. It says that we are in an ever-increasing kingdom. Your kingdom is increasing. Everything around you is increasing. If you're, if you're having lack, then you rebuke that lack and you tell it to get out. It has no place in your life. Amen? We have to identify these things because we are kings. And we are to walk 
in the abundance of what Christ has done for us. Amen? Okay, so we find out that the word in John 1.1 1, 1, says, that In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. So the word was the first begotten. The same word that birthed us is the same word that redeems us. Amen? I wanted to go back over here and identify something. So we were talking about what, what are the, some of the things that Jesus has done for us to restore us back into the kingdom. You know, there's, there's words in the, in the Bible that are like, they have the, the prefix re in front of them. Renew, repent, re- reconcile, resurrection. Repent, restore, renew, reconcile, resurrection. Every one of those has a re in front of it. What does it mean? He came to reverse the curse. He came to put you back where you fell from. To repent means to be put back from the high place that you fell from. To be restored means to put back in you all the grace, all the good things, all the provision that was stored in you before the foundations of the world, put it back in you. Amen? Praise the Lord. We're going to find out how that happened. It happens by the Spirit of God. See, we've been seated by the Word, and the Spirit carries it out. The Word and the Spirit agree. Isn't that wonderful? We know where to go to get nourished and fed. Amen? What does it say? That the husband, no husband hates his wife, but nourishes and cherishes her. We're nourished and cherished by the Word and the Spirit of God. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? I can't sleep at night because of that. This is so good. So we have to see this and understand that God had a plan for man from the very, 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 very beginning. If he did not give Adam a choice, love was not involved. Love has to have a choice. Today, you have a choice, and you choose Jesus. You choose the tree of life. You choose rivers of living water. Instead of death and destruction. Amen? So, in the beginning was the Word. God said, the Word came forth. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. When God spoke, what I'm trying to do is get back to the root of a word. A thought is a, is a silent word. A thought is a silent word. This is like a seed and a seed and a seed and a seed. And if we unpack the seeds, we'll understand exactly what God's trying to do when he says, be renewed by the trans- be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? So it says, a thought is a silent word. A word is an exposed thought. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So when, when God spoke what he spoke... He spoke himself. So his words released himself. He said, Greg, and Greg was. He released himself, and he made every single one of us. He created your spirit and put you in a body. Amen? So you came out of God. When you're brought back to God, there's nothing greater than knowing God. Amen? And you realize how vast his kingdom is. His kingdom is everything. It's almost like taking everything and putting it in a little tiny seed and putting that seed in you. Isn't that awesome? 
And then when you read the word, it says, washed by the water of the word. So you read the word, and what happens? The word comes and touches you, and that thing comes alive. You read the word, he touches it, it comes alive. You become a storage bag of the word of God. And as the spirit moves and touches it, it comes to life. It comes to pass. And so you get in there and you say, Lord, why would I ever draw a line? I want no fences in my life. My, my little thinking, I don't want that to hinder me or limit me or hurt me or any way. Give me thoughts. I don't even want to think my own thoughts. I want to yield myself to you so that you can impart yourself to me and you can live through me by power, strength, and manifestation. Amen? Woo! Praise God. The Lord is good. So, we said that a thought is a silent word, a word is an exposed thought, and as a man thinks, so is he. When God spoke, God spoke it. When he spoke, it was him. God is creating as he speaks. His released word is called the Son, the Word. God was pleased with the Word, and the Word was used to create. It said God was pleased with the Word and decided to have many other children after his likeness and image. That's you, and that's me. Amen? We are hewn out of Jesus. We're, we're like a chip off the old block, or... There ain't no old to it. After the eternal block. We've come out of the spirit of God. So what's important about this is that we talked about the unseen and the seen. God's domain is in heaven. But God wants his children to be like him. He wants them to be rulers and he wants them to be king. But see, there's, there's a problem with being a king in the kingdom of God is that every king has a domain. God's domain is in heaven. So the only way for a son or a daughter to reign in heaven is the king would have to die. We know that will never happen. Amen? So what did God do? How did he fix that? He did something very, very awesome. He said, I want my children to rule and reign and to be like me. So we know that this is a kingdom book. Amen. We need to start seeing this as a kingdom book, not as a salvation book, not as a healing book. All of that is in the kingdom. This is a kingdom book. In the Bible, the king of the unseen world wants his children to rule like himself. The problem is his children can't stay with him and be kings. So he has to go because if they stayed with him, they could not be kings. All they would do, they would only be princes and never get to rule because the king will never die. So what does God do? He does something awesome and God creates a new territory, a new realm. He says, this realm, it'll be the spirit realm, the unseen realm. I'm going to go and I'm going to create what I'm going to call the seen or the natural realm. It's going to have galaxies just spread out forever and ever and ever and ever. But in the very center of it, I'm going to put a little planet. And everything is going to be in the balance based around that planet. That planet is going to be the center of everything. And in that planet, I'm going to put my children 
and they will have their territory. I will be in my territory. So he created the natural realm to put us to rule and reign with Christ. Amen? Isn't that exciting? I think it's wonderful. Just to understand why he didn't put us on Fifth Street in heaven or somewhere else in heaven or give us a mansion out in the country. You know, because that's his territory. That's his reign. That's his domain, if you will. So God had to create another kingdom in another realm so his children could rule and reign and exercise their dominion. So God creates a material universe and balances everything around the one planet. God is spirit. His children are spirit. This is, this is where we're going to put, start putting all these pieces together. But as long as his children, let me reread this. God is spirit, his children are spirit, but as long as they are in the spirit realm, they can't reign. No human can or ever has reigned in heaven. Let's look at creation. God created the heavens and the earth. Then he made man, gave him an earth suit. Then God created man's spirit. So he created the body. He created the, 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 the spirit. So God takes the unseen spirit, puts it into the earth suit so that you can have a presence in the natural realm. He had to get his children in the spirit into this realm. So he created a body for them. And then he put his spirit, the unseen, into the scene. Into the scene realm. Does that make sense? So he's, he's, he's creating a, a whole new territory. And he, and he puts man in charge of it. And as we know, Adam lost it. and he, he, he That's me. I thought I turned that off. So sorry about that. That's never happened before. There we go. So sorry. <laughs> that was a classic right there, wasn't it? Okay, so um, let's get back to what we were doing. Uh, I'm sorry, I got to reorient myself where I was at. Um, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, no human has reigned in this realm, and in heaven, rather. So God wants to rule the seen world from the unseen world through his children that are in the material seen world. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's continue with the illustration. So let's take it further and say that God wants what he is thinking in the unseen realm to show up in the scene without him coming to the scene. You know, we've talked a few times in, in the sermons in the past is that God can think a thought. And you can know his thoughts. You, he is the head, you're the body. When you want to move your hand, you say, hey, hand, move. Or does the hand get the message and the hand starts to move? Does that make sense? When God thinks a thought, he doesn't have to speak. We have to speak because we're in this realm. We have to speak. That's the only way we can re expose our thoughts. But God wants what he is thinking in the unseen realm to show up in the seen realm without ever showing up in the seen realm. So God creates children from the unseen realm, puts them in an earth suit. He puts the unseen children, the spirit, in the seen body. He put them in the earth and put his spirit into the seen children to have fellowship with his unseen spirit living in the seen world. I, I know I could have found an easier way to say all that. 
But what it boils down to is that he is a spirit. He put his, his children, his spirit children, into the body. And the way he rules and reigns from the unseen to the seen is by the spirit. He doesn't have to speak because what is a thought? It's an exposed, what is a thought? It's a concealed word. So when God thinks, that's his way of speaking. So he's communicating with us by the spirit. That way, when, when the Lord speaks to you, you're activated because he told what, he, what you received in the spirit, you're able to put to work. Does that make sense? You know, we say, well, I hear the voice of God. Praise the Lord. We should hear the voice of God all day, every day. That's the way it's supposed to be. He doesn't have to speak. It's not an audible voice. It's in your spirit. That, so when, God, when God's thinking, he wants it to show up in the, in the natural realm. So God creates children from the spirit realm. He puts the spirit children in a body, and he puts them on the earth and puts his spirit into the children to have fellowship with him in the spirit and his unseen children living in the seen world. So that's, that's the process to get you out of his domain and give you your own territory so you can rule and reign in this, in this territory. So in conclusion, here is God in heaven, in his domain, and he takes a piece of the planet, the dirt, makes a suit for the children so that they can touch this realm, so they can touch it, they can rule over it. They can dominate it. He puts himself into their spirits and puts their spirit into the earth suit while they're on the planet. He communicates with them in spirit, and they do whatever he thinks. How many of you want to have the ability to have a, a fellowship with God where you're thinking to each other? You're blessed in your thoughts. Your thoughts are no longer warring against you. Why? Because you died to them. God's not trying to help you get over the bridge. He wants to take the bridge out. He's removing the bridge. And he's bringing you together with him so that as the body doesn't need the head to be speaking to it, he thinks the thoughts and you can receive them. Isn't that beautiful? That's why you can be in the middle of a very difficult situation and you say, Lord, I don't know. But you know everything. You know my shortcomings. You know where I'm weak. And you can make my weakness into strength. And I need that. I need that in everything that I do. I don't want to rely on myself. And you know what? This life isn't for me to live. It's for you to live it through me. I get to be the, the carrier of the Spirit of God. Wow, what a blessing. A treasure in earthen vessels. God walking with me, me walking with God, God speaking to me, God speaking to you. Amen? That's such a blessing. We, we, have to, we have to leave the expectation of the natural and say, I am of a superior realm. I am of the spirit realm. And not only that, but I have a future. I have a glorious future. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and I will be there. And the Lord is going to use me to spread the gospel of the kingdom so that many who are hungry and thirsty can come to Jesus, get fed and watered, and be restored to the Father. Amen? That's so good. That's so great. Remember, we're talking about kingdom of ignorant kings. So this is all about getting back to the Spirit, allowing the Spirit of God to, to work through us through the Word of God. So <clears throat> Jesus comes to the earth 
because the connection with God was broken by Adam and the Holy Spirit left them. Before Jesus came, there was no connection between the two realms. Jesus' number one goal in coming back to the earth was to bring the promise of the Father, to bring all of his children back to himself. So what did he do? He came and, and Jesus died on the cross, was resurrected, and he said, Go and wait, for the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the Holy Spirit will be in you. And when he is in you, the kingdom of God will be in you now. So the Holy Spirit comes, and he'll teach you to communicate with the Father. You have a spirit that is like an infant that must be taught and, and tutored. And see, that's the great thing about the kingdom of God is that you don't go to school. The tutor goes with you. The counselor is with you day and night, night and day, in your dreams, in your consciousness, everything. The Holy Spirit goes with you everywhere you go. Amen? You can go to the highest, the depths, all corners of the universe. The Holy Spirit is with you. Praise the Lord. And nothing, there's nothing. If you don't know, he can teach you. You may not know physics at all, but God can speak it to you and give you that direction. You may not know the answer. What's the problem behind this problem? And the Lord will reveal it to you. See, that's, that's God working in our life. If we yield, he will be Lord of our situation. Amen? Who's Lord? Are we Lord or is he Lord? He is Lord. Amen. So, this is very important. Now the kingdom of God is within you. When the Holy Spirit comes, he'll teach you to communicate with the Father. As he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You were born to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is proof of your divinity in God. You are a king and you are a priest. Never before have those two been in the same category. He brought them together. He brought the spiritual and he brought the political together and said, that's you. You are all of it together in one. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Amen. We're to rule and reign. We're to, we're to deliver people. We're to help people. We're the answer. In a way, we're the door. We can walk up to somebody and we can deliver the kingdom to people. Isn't that a blessing? When you see somebody hurting, somebody without a house, somebody without a car, somebody without food, you're the answer for those, for those issues. The, God wants to use you to bring the kingdom to these people so they can see the goodness of God in us. Amen? Amen. That makes me want to go out and do something good. <laughs> um, so praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit dwelling in you is proof of divinity in you. Isn't that something? Praise God. You've been redeemed, renewed, restored, repented, put back where you fell from. And reconciled. You have two spirits within you. You're also reconnected. Amen? Isn't it good to be reconnected? Amen. To be refilled. How many in here want to see the glory of God in your life? How many want to see the glory of God? Amen? I think everybody here. I want to encourage you to do one important thing. I want you to go home. I want you to go look in the mirror because you are the glory of God. The Lord wants to bless you, help you, 
keep you, supply to you, restore you, renew you, help you, redeem you. Everything that you could desire is something good. How many of us desire bad things? Not me. But what happened? God says, I'm working to fulfill that desire in you. He's working in us to bring those things to pass. Amen? Yeah, we got a lot to look forward to. God is so good. So, we're entering into a new year. It's time for us to acknowledge who we are. What is our origin? You know, what is my, what is my identity? What is my DNA? I've got a DNA that is almost impossible to believe. But I believe it. Why? Because he's in me. And, you know, it breaks my heart to think other, like, Muslim or whatever other. One thing they can't say is that God's not in here. We have God. They do not. Isn't that something? So we are the temple of God. We will forever be the temple of God. So we're new creatures in Christ. We repent, and when we repent and we come to Christ, God is not just taking us back to Adam. He's not going through the seed of our parents or grandparents or great uncle and back to Adam. He passes right through Adam and goes to Christ. When you come to Jesus and repent, you are restored to Jesus. Isn't that something? That's a powerful truth. You go right through Adam and to Jesus. Why? Because he is your source. In the Old Testament, it was Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisa. God is my, my strength. God is my peace. God is, he's everything that you need. That's Jesus. He is everything that you need. Amen? If we could, let's stand. Praise the Lord. I want to go back and read that scripture that I read earlier, if I have my marker in it. Here we go. It says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. Amen. I want everything that he has for me. Amen. So in the, in the year 2024, which we'll start celebrating soon, I pray that we go into 2024. It's going to be a new year. It's going to be a new year of the word of God. It's going to be a new year of that word being birthed and, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. God bringing his word to pass. Get into his word. He will wash you. He will cleanse you. He will sanctify you. He will prepare you for him. So we must get into his word and let him do the work. Amen? Because when we get into the word, we're getting back to our source, or back to our origin. Praise God. Let's, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We're so thankful, Lord. We're so humbled that you were so kind and so good to us. Lord, when we didn't deserve it, we didn't even know of you. But you were good, gracious, and kind to reveal yourself to us. And Lord, we called upon you. You prepared our hearts. And Lord, we are now the temples of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I ask that in the name of Jesus, that you would go into the year 2024, that you would prepare every single path here, that you will give attention to every detail, that you will help us to yield our hearts, yield our lives to you, that you can be lifted up 
And Lord, we just pray for an abundance of the kingdom of God to be manifest in every single heart, every single life, every single family member that is, that is represented here. I claim it in the name of Jesus that we all be covered by the goodness and the grace of God. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Since Brett isn't here, I'll say, so good. So good, right? That's so good. Did you get something out of that today? Yeah, it's going to take me a while to unpack that. I'm glad that my spirit gets more than my brain does because that's going to soak in for quite some time. Yes, yes, we have it recorded. And so I'll, I'll pray us out, and then we'll, we'll head out, and we'll, uh, we'll start our celebration uh, for 2024. We don't have to tear down the chairs and put out the tables, but we do have to take down the uh, audio equipment. So if some of the men can help with that, we really appreciate it. So thank you, Ken, for that awesome message. And uh, I'll be chewing on that one for a while. I'll be chewing on that one for a while. So I'll pray us out, and then we'll uh, we'll head out. So we thank you, Lord, that you are not that we are not ignorant of our purpose in your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for the incorruptible seed that is your word. It will not return void in our lives. We prepare the soil of our heart for your seed, so that it will return an abundance of fruit in your kingdom, kingdom living is what we seek, Lord. The promises of you, God, are guaranteed. We will not stand idle in our pursuit of your kingdom, Lord. Your rewards are stored up for us in heaven. Lord, let our efforts be directed towards establishing your will on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you that we walk by your spirit, empowered by your grace. And everyone said, Amen. 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 We love you, Lord. We love you guys. Thank you, family.